so in DR, we are very much like very social people. We like to hug. We like to like, you know, kiss. Like we're that's just our culture. And I quickly learned that it's not necessarily the culture here. Um, and so I had to kind of like readjust that. I remember one time I I was meeting um someone and they offered me a handshake and I was so confused because typically in my home country, you you go, you hug the person, you're you're very much very social about it. And also like you're you're very, you're very, very um loud. And so I had to learn two things. One is don't be too social. And I don't even know if that's a thing. Like don't be too social like going and hugging someone. Um, if especially if you're meeting that person for the first time. And the second thing is like uh you know, there are certain settings where you kind of have to learn how to use the tone of your voice. And I think that's very important because we, my home country, we're just loud. Like we scream when we're talking and people think that we are like, like being aggressive and, or being violent, which by the way, that's a stereotype. Welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America, an immigrant human library where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. Listen in as we add another story to our immigrant human library. I wanted to be a role model for, for those younger um, females that are now growing and looking at me, opening doors for them as they come. Yes, yes, awesome, awesome. Very noble aspirations, right? Um, so many young girls need that the modeling and the example. So I'm, I'm curious to find out English was a big challenge, adjusting to the weather, you know, getting into college. I'm wondering, have you been able to show up as your authentic immigrant self, Stephanie? Like when you go out in the world, having an accent, the fact that you're an immigrant, what's that experience like for you? Absolutely. I used to feel ashamed of my accent in the past. Mm. It's a very strong moment. And the reason why I used to feel ashamed of my accent is because I didn't want to look like an outsider. You know that feeling when you you want to feel like you belong, but you don't, right? And when, when you walk into meetings, when you walk into presentations and, and you're that one person that looks different or that speaks differently, but I always wanted to feel included, right? I always wanted that feeling of inclusion and for me, what was holding me back was my accent, or I used to think that it was my accent. And I remember how I used to try to speak differently to hide my accent. Um, I used to, you know, I, I was actually discriminated against um, in my first few years in the U.S. because of my accent. And I used to feel ashamed. I used to feel like I was not good enough. Um, in reality, we are good enough. Our, our accents does not determine how good we are, how intelligent we are. Um, our backgrounds doesn't make us less than anyone else. And that's something that I have to like teach myself in the past few years. Like coming from a different country or speaking another language does not make me less than the other candidate, does not make me less than the person next to me. But ask around how many immigrants feel like they're less because of the, the, where they come from, right? They, they, they put their head down and they feel like they, they don't deserve opportunities. Well, we do. We deserve the opportunities, right? If we work hard to earn those opportunities, then we deserve those opportunities. And so 
feeling like I was I like I didn't belong, feeling ashamed of my accent. I had a really hard time adjusting to being in the corporate environment, to be at networking events, to be on career first, to talk to professionals, to do presentations. All of it was really hard for me because I felt like I didn't belong. And it was not until a certain point in my life when I realized like my accent does not define me, but my accent is part of my background and it's not a liability, it's an asset. And when I started seeing like my background as my asset and I stopped seeing it as a liability, I started growing and I realized that like people around me also realized that. And I missed out on so many opportunities just because I thought I was not good enough for them. I remember I wanted to apply to a pitch competition and I didn't apply because I, I was like, oh, I have an accent. Maybe my English is not going to be good enough and I'm going to have to speak a lot. They probably won't understand me. I said that to myself and I didn't apply. And I regretted it later on because I was like, wow, I could have done that and I probably could have won that if, if, I, if I went for it, but I didn't. And so how many people that are listening to this right now miss down opportunities because they don't accept themselves for who they are or because they let their background become their liability, right? And so it took a really long time. And I think that's something that we as immigrants still develop up to this day, like something that we carry on every day. Like how do we show up as our authentic selves everywhere we are? How do we not forget who we are when we are in different scenarios. Have you heard about code switching? That is yes. the thing. And so people, especially immigrants, we're, we're, we're taught to code switch when we are in corporate or in the workforce, right? We, we have to add in a certain way to fit in. But you don't have to fit in because I feel like we all bring different perspectives to the same thing. And so at the end of the day, it's like, having self-awareness of who you are and understanding that your values and, and your background just don't make you less is the very big first step towards really like keeping that that identity with you that I keep and I carry with me because now I carry my immigrant identity with me everywhere I go. And so when people ask me like, who's Stephanie Nwesi? I am a first gen, I'm a Gen Z, I'm 24, I'm an immigrant, I'm Latina, I'm Dominican and all on and so on and so on, but I'm me. And none of that makes me less than anything else. And so that's the message that I wanna you know, spread out to everyone listening, like having that immigrant identity does not make you less than anyone else. And so all of those things that you, that you know that you deserve, claim them speak for them if you know and and I'll, I'll tell you a story I was I was having a conversation so recently I went to a panel and after the panel ended there was someone who came to me and she was telling me how at her job she was not being given like hard projects because one her English was not good enough she had an accent and so she felt like her co-workers didn't trust her enough and then I told her this claim it manifest it and ask for it because you are there for a reason and you deserve the same challenging work that you've been looking for as your as your co-workers and having an immigrant background does not like does not make you less even though she was feeling like she didn't deserve it and I and I had to remind her that we deserved it right and when things are not because at the end of the day things are not given to us we have to work for it right 
But at the same time, you have to learn how to ask for it, at, you know? And so we, we, we hold back on asking for what we deserve and what we want to achieve because we let our immigrant identity become an obstacle instead of being like our identity, right? And so there's so much nuggets to like break down from here. But the main thing is like, do not let your identity become the obstacle towards you becoming what you want to be. Yes. Yes. And being an immigrant, your whole, for me, having this podcast, I constantly am reminding myself and have actually gotten to a point of revelation that being an immigrant, my immigrant story is, is my superpower. It helps me relate with so many people. When I stand fully in that, I feel like I am my authentic self. And for years, I felt like I wasn't really settled in my skin because I felt like people didn't really accept me. I know I sound different now, but when I first got here, people quite didn't understand me and the the energies and the stuff that people come with you with and the questions and the rudeness. I mean, it over time will take a toll on you. So we really relate to if you're out there and you're struggling because of the feedback that you're getting from the public or from people you're interacting with. But find your group, you know, and find a way to really pour into yourself so that you can really get settled into who you are because nobody can be who you are. Nobody has walked your journey. Nobody has walked your road, right? Unless you embrace that, you cannot be somebody else. So you can take a whole 10 years trying to be like another person and waste the time being learning how to love who you truly are and embracing that. And that's your superpower. And I guess you were mentioning the, this whole imposter syndrome of just struggling with feeling like you don't deserve what you know that you bring to the table and the skills that you have that probably is pro- and a lot of times probably makes you more qualified than a lot of people who are getting some of the roles that you see around you so mm-hmm. embrace that that is just like gold right there what you're sharing with people But I want, I know you're on, we have short time with you, Stephanie, but I wanted to hear a bit about your journey of success and, and how things kind of blew up for you on, on LinkedIn, how, you know, what was your journey in, in deciding to start something of your own outside of having an official job? Absolutely. In 2019, I was sitting in my bathroom. Remember this was January of 2019. I was listening to a podcast and this person was talking about new year goals and how we sometimes forget about our goals and we just like throw them in a corner of our rooms and we completely forget about them. And I started thinking about how I've always wanted to help students and professionals develop their careers, how I've been doing that while I was in college for a long time, like doing resumes cover letters, helping people with their interview attire, the interview preparation. But I wanted to do something on a bigger scale. But I was afraid. I was afraid that I was just a student, right? And and this is where the whole imposter syndrome comes in, right? You see what I said? I was just a student. And a lot of people use the word just to like kind of dismiss and, and undermine who they are. And I was doing that to myself. A couple of months after that, I remember this was another podcast that I was listening. That was August of 2019. And this this person was talking about maximizing, 
maximizing. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of sounds like what I want to do. I want to maximize people's skills. I want to help them develop and grow. And that's where the idea of like max up came to life. So I wanted to maximize people's potentials. And I decided to start everything in one day. I sit with a, with a business mentor, shout out to Jonathan Javier. He sit up with me and we talk about it. And I created MaxUp. I created the social media. I created everything from scratch on my own. I didn't have a team. I didn't have anything, but I know I wanted to start. And MaxUp became from just an idea that I had in my mind to one of the most successful businesses on 2020 during the pandemic. Why? Because they we had a gap. How many students and, and recent grads had their offers rescinded during the pandemic in 2020? A lot, right? Mm. But we didn't have that many people helping and offering services to this to these people. And we were there for them. And so that idea that again was just an idea in my head would quickly kind of like sprout in 2019. I went to the Forbes Study Under 30 conference two months after forming MaxUp. I made a bunch of connections with entrepreneurs there. I hosted an event during the, the Forbes Study Under 30 conference with attendees that were going for MaxUp. Things were blowing up. Later on, I started blowing up on LinkedIn. I shared my story of my immigrant story on LinkedIn. And how I got my first job offer in the U.S. after not knowing English. And that went viral. Got over 4 million views. It was crazy. Things were looking great. And then the pandemic happened. So at that point, I was like, okay, what do I need to do now? And I kept posting on LinkedIn because I liked it. I like writing. And so I felt like sharing my stories felt like a good thing to do. And people started following me. And then the community started to grow and we started doing events, hosting on LinkedIn and other platforms, bringing recruiters from all these top companies to tell people what they needed to do to get a job. We were doing all of this as the pandemic was developing. And it's crazy to me that it all happened during such a crazy time. But we didn't let that hold us back. In fact, that's when everything started to grow more for MaxUp. We started growing internationally. We were hired to do public speaking events in like different universities across the world. We went to the University of Manchester, like the UK, Australia, right? Canada. And then from there, things just were looking great. Even though every day I kept asking myself, I'm just a student. Who's going to listen to me? And I still had that imposter syndrome all throughout my journey. So for those of you who don't know, I started my own business when I was 19. So all of this was happening when I was 19, turning 20 years old. So it you hear a lot of stories about like young founders, but the thing is like, we had a lot of imposter syndrome and I faced a lot of negativity, a lot of criticism from people saying, what do you have to offer? Who are you? You're just a student. You, you don't know anything. I, I, I would get that every time. But something that I learned is that the, you should focus on the 1% positive and leave everything behind. And I focused on the people that we were helping. And that was the mindset that brought me from literally this on MaxUp and not, not having any people to getting 20,000 followers on the company's page, to having a community of over 30,000 members across the world, 
to growing my own LinkedIn brand and to build a six-figure business um, by the age of 22. So at the age of 23, I was already working with some of the top brands in the world, the Spotify's of the world, IBM, right? All these big companies. But it was it was it was that it was that work of two years of consistently creating content, providing value to people, and like literally sharing my immigrant story. That's what took me from nothing to something. That's what took me from zero to building multiple six-figure businesses, right? And so the reason why I'm glad that you you asked me to come to this podcast is because I want to show people that sharing your immigrant story can bring so much value to you in whatever way or shape you do it. I did it through LinkedIn, either to content creation. My initial goal was not monetizing, but it happened. And guess what? I'm loving it because I get to do what I love and I get to be compensated for it. And so I feel like that's when you find the sweet spot for you. So for everyone listening, my first thing is do not be afraid of sharing and being vulnerable about your immigrant story because that's who you are. And there's other people that need to hear. There's one person in this world that needs to hear your story because they need it for whatever reason. And so don't be afraid of sharing that. And number two is don't let that, like we were talking about imposter syndrome, don't let imposter syndrome stop you from getting to where you need to be. Like you're seeing all the current CEOs of the world right now. Those people face the same imposter syndrome. People didn't believe in them. They were rejected from BCs, right? From venture capitals, from investors. And guess what? They are the top CEOs of the world right now. But they didn't have it easy. Some of them sat at a garage. They had an idea. They had a passion. They run with that passion. They didn't let negative or external circumstances stop them from getting there. And that's exactly what I did when I started MaxUp. And that's what I want to bring to the world to those people that are listening right now. If you have an idea, a passion project, whatever it is, pursue it. If you want to create content, pursue it. Don't let, and the same thing that we talked about earlier, don't let your identity stop you from doing that. And I'm glad that I didn't because now that I have found success in certain ways, I realized that all of that success came from rejections. All of that success came from failures. So that's why I share more of my failures and rejections than my success. And for those listening, if you go back to the entire episode, you're going to realize that most of the things I share are my failures and my rejections. And I barely talk about my success. Why? Because I want you to see the behind the scenes before you see anything that I've done so far. So build your story upon those rejections and failures. Very good. Very good. Thanks for saying that. So we like to end the show with like a little humor. We have a segment called faux pas, which is basically like social things that you do socially that just does not jive with whatever environment that you're getting in. Is there something, maybe something you said, a word that you mistakenly mispronounce or something, anything from your journey over the last 
is it what five eight years here in the U.S. that is like a humorous or maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be humorous but something that taught you something like okay don't do that because socially it's not acceptable here anything you like to end with today Yeah, so in DR, we are very much like very social people. We like to hug. We like to like, you know, kiss. Like we're, that's just our culture. And I quickly learned that it's not necessarily the culture here. Um, And so I had to kind of like readjust that. I remember one time I, I was meeting um someone and they offered me a handshake and I was so confused because typically in my home country, you, you go, you hug the person, you're, you're very much very social about it. And also like you're, you're very, you're very, very um loud. And so I had to learn two things. One is don't be too social. And I don't even know if that's a thing, like don't be too social, like going and hugging someone. um if, Especially if you're meeting that person for the first time. And the second thing is like, uh, you know, there are certain settings where you kind of have to learn how to use the tone of your voice. And I think that's very important because we, my home country, we're just loud. Like we scream when we're talking and people think that we are like, like being aggressive and or being violent, which by the way, that's a stereotype. But I would say from your end, just be mindful of the environments that you're in because I had a couple of times where I was talking to someone and I was being really loud and everyone thought that we were we were we were fighting each other you definitely don't want to be in that situation <laughs> right 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 awesome thanks for sharing that that's a good nugget for people to look out for so how do people find you Stephanie like you know how do they find you online if they want to connect to your services or connect for mentorship whatever Yes, they can find me as Stephanie Nwesi on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, everywhere, really. Uh, and, and there's only one me out there. So you, you'll find me and all of my resources on, on all social media. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your immigrant story. It was a pleasure listening. Thank you for having me. Friends, as always, please subscribe, comment, and share if you enjoyed this interview. If you're passionate about telling immigrant stories, our team is looking for help. If you're willing to help with podcast production, social media, or Patreon management, please reach out to us. You can also donate on our Patreon if it's easier for you. All the links are in the description below. Thank you. We thank our listeners around the world and we appreciate your continued support as we build our human library. Please remember to give us a five-star review, subscribe and share with your friends, family and circle of influence.